Praise the Lord. So we're talking about Romans 6 today. The Lord took us through Romans 5. I believe we went through like four or five parts. So we're going to be talking about Romans 6 today. And we're going to go through Romans 6, 1 to 15. And I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. No, the Living Bible. Let's look at it from the Living Bible. I think I read it from New Living Translation the other day when I read it on my own. But I, I wanted to read it from New, New, the Living Bible because the Living Bible kind of gives a good explanation to it. Praise the Lord. So, Romans 6, 1 to 15. Well then... Shall we keep on sinning so that God can keep on showing us more kindness and forgiveness? Of course not. Should we keep on sinning when we don't have to? For sin's power over us was broken when we, be, when we became Christians and were baptized to become a part of Jesus Christ through his death. The power of of our sin nature was shattered. Your old sin-loving nature was buried with him by baptism when he died. And when God the Father, his, with glorious power, brought him back to life again, you were given his wonderful life, new life to enjoy. For you have become a part of him, so you died with him. So to speak... So to speak, when he died, and now you share his new life and shall rise as he did. Your old evil desires were nailed to the cross with him. That part of you that loves to sin was crushed and fatally wounded, so that your, your sin-loving body is no longer under sin's control, no longer, no longer needs to be a slave to sin. For when you were deadened to sin, you were freed from all of its laws and all of its powers over you. And since your old loving, since your old sin-loving nature died with Christ, we know that you will share his new life. Christ rose from the dead and would will never die again. Death no longer has power over him. He died once for all to end sin's power, but now he lives forever in unbroken fellowship with God. So look upon your old sin, sin nature, as dead, unresponsive to sin, and instead be alive to God, alive to him, through Jesus Christ our Lord. 12. He says, do not let sin control your puny body any longer. Do not give in to its sinful, sinful desires. Don't let, don't let any part of your bodies become tools of wickedness to be, to be used for sinning. But give yourself completely to God, even part of you. For you are back from death. And you want to be tools in the hands of God to be used for his good purposes. Sin needs need never again be your master. It says, for you are no longer tied to the law where sin enslaves you, but you are free under God's favor and mercy. Does this mean that now you can go ahead and, and sin and not worry about it? For your salvation does not depend on keeping the law, but on receiving God's grace. Of course not. Praise the Lord. This is the word. Mm -hmm. So I want. I just wanted to kind of read that because it, it's it's really you would. You know, it's good to have a, a good perspective of what this scripture says, so that when we're talking about this, it, it shines some light into it. You know. The the thing that the Lord kind of dropped in my heart while I was when I was I started preparing this, it was that you know, God has taken us from poverty to riches, 
you know, uh, um, you think about you think about someone who was very poor, and then suddenly is able to move out from poverty to be comfortable. And can you imagine if they go back to poverty again? See, I watched one um, one one sh one show. One somebody was putting out how they put it on YouTube or Facebook. I think it's Facebook. How he went to um, a part of Nigeria where people live in the swamps. People live in the water. Like if it rains, they are they are they live in a small house but if it rains their 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 living room their bedroom gets all flooded so what they have to do is they have to put they have to put their their beds in on top of a stone on top of stones and now they're able to put their mat their, their mattress on there and they're able to sleep you know and for me the guy the guy was showing this this video and he was showing it how he was able to take them out from that slum. And he says, do you know that, sorry to be crude, but he says, do you know that the sewage, the sewage used to run through the water. So, you know, it went through the water and that same sewage would come into their house. And and the guy, the, 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 this, he says, it was like, they were asking him, he says, so, so where does your, where does your family Stay. He said, we stay in the same sewage. We stay in the same place. And so this man took them out of, he took them out of that area and took them into the, the you know, took them, built them a, like, a, put them in an apartment. Let me put it this way. Put them in an apartment. And he says that some people contributed money and bought the guy a bus. And now the boy, the boy can now, the man, well, it's not a boy, but the man can now, the man can now have the bus. The man can now have the bus, transport people, and now he's his own, his own bus. He's his own, he, owns, he owns a bus company now, and now he's able to do something well for his family. And I kind of wonder like that, you know, can you imagine... Somebody that is so poor that they take him out from, from that poverty, bring him to a place whereby he's comfortable, mm -hmm. and now he decides, no, I want to go back to the same poverty. Mm -hmm. it, for me, I think anybody that does such a thing, the person is not right in their mind. Do you follow what I mean? Because... For you to leave such a, 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 an area, for you to leave such an area of poverty and come into a place whereby you're comfortable, then go back to the same same poverty place. It's not it's not completely it's not completely sensible. It's not even the right approach. You wonder to yourself if it's the people that wish to live around them, you know, come and see you. you I thought they bought you an apartment, got you an apartment. What are you doing in this area again? It doesn't seem right. You know, Second Corinthians eight nine says, "You know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ." Second Corinthians eight nine, New Living Translation it says, it "says You know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty." You could be made. You, you could. He could make you. Let me read this again. You know the the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty he could make you. See, what what we make you? He was. God says, think about this. The Lord, the Lord. Got you out of poverty to what to transform you, and you you know think about that kind of thing. And the, the boy, the, the person I was doing, he says, you know what? For me, I was compelled because the guy is a Hollywood. The person I did is a Hollywood star, and he says I was compelled because I see how people, I see how people suffer. 
in this country that, you know what, even if I get somebody, one person every year or one person every six months, at least I'm making a difference. You know? So the thing about us, God, God, God has, God made a difference in our lives from taking us from a place whereby we didn't know him into an abundance of where we know, where we, where we have all things, all things, healing, you know, all things. We, we have all these things at our own disposal. We have the inheritance of God at our own disposal. You know, I, I, I look at it like the Lord, this is the way the Lord kind of pictured it to me. Say, for instance, you, you, you know a man, you know, a man, you know, he, he dies and leaves a will. And in the will, you know, he, 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 has, he, 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 he has this will and he, he kind of says, okay, this is the will. The, the, attorney, the, the attorney for the estate comes and says, you know what? Your, your father left his name and in his name, anytime you call upon his name, you, you will not be afraid. Anytime you call upon his name, you have healing. You know, he says, okay, also he left a book of wisdom for you. You know, he left a book of wisdom that he can, that, that book of wisdom can change your life forever. Sit down, David. No, sit down. You're, you're disturbing me. Just sit down. So, so you can you imagine that such a, such a, um, a, a, a will? Because, you know, most times people feel that the will, somebody, when somebody gives you a will, the will has to be saying, oh, I, am, I, I leave a million dollars for you here. I leave a thousand dollars for you here. I leave a house in this one. But that's not what God is saying. God says, I, I've given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. I've, living, I've given it to you. That's your inheritance. I've given you, I've given you everything that you need. Is it be it healing? I've given it to you. You can you can you can you can you can attribute you can you can take it. If you want, you can take it. You can call upon my name when you're not you're afraid. You know, and you know, this kind of reminds me of a story. You know, the look, I won't say it reminds me of a story, but the Lord kind of reminded me the story of a man, was a Nigerian man. Was a Nigerian man that, you know, he was a, was a child of an affluent family. Praise the Lord. He was a Nigerian man that is a child of an affluent family. And he came to this country, he came to America, and he married this. Um, black american woman and the black american woman she didn't want any part of africa because she she's had so much so much i don't blame her so much bad things about africa that you know if you go there you know there's so much poverty so she didn't really want to go there you know she didn't want to go there at all she said look you know what let me just stay in this america and that's it but what then happened was the the man died the man had, they had children, but the man died. And when he died, praise the Lord, when he died, he left a will. And in the will, he stated that the woman had to go home for 10 years. No, stay right here. Had to go home for 10 years. Had to stay in Nigeria for 10 years. And in Nigeria, this, the, 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 the will stated, was a very simple will. He says, you have to stay there with the children for 10 years. They can come back, you guys can come back to visit your relatives twice a year. You can fly business class with no problem. But you have to stay in, in Nigeria, in the family house, for 10 years. With a butler, the cook, driver, the whole, the whole thing. But you see, what the, uh, the the amazing aspect is this: is that when she stayed there for ten years, I was told that she's still there till now. In Nigeria, in Nigeria. I was told that she's still there in Nigeria because so, so the person I was telling me he says 
You see, how can you leave a place of comfort and come to a place whereby you have to drive yourself? Over there, there's somebody that's driving for you. Over there, there's somebody that's cooking for you. Over there, there's somebody that's cleaning for you. <laughs> Over there, you have a big house, you're not paying rent. And you, you have the opportunity to, to live every two, two times in a year to travel business class and come to America to see your relatives. He says, the man that was telling me this, he says, look, if somebody told me that, that's a sweet deal, he says. He said to me, that's a sweet deal. I will even go. I will stay there for the rest of my life because this is a sweet deal. Exactly. What's the point in going on? And you see, the thing about it is, this is exactly the sweet deal that God has given us to. This is exactly a sweet deal. Do you do you know that they are still this is like I said, this is a sweet deal. But there's also as sweet as the deal is, there are some people that would still say, you know what, I don't want to stay in Nigeria. I'm gonna stick, I'm gonna come here. You know, it's it's the same same way that there are still Christians out there that they have not embraced the full life. There are still Christians out there that have not embraced their new life. This black American woman embraced her new life. She embraced it wholeheartedly. And she's still there. And for her to still, still be there, it means that she loves it. Who wouldn't love something like that? Living like a king. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, there are still Christians out there who, whose, whose leg, they have one leg inside the kingdom. They have one leg inside the kingdom and one leg in the world. They're not truly satisfied in the kingdom of God. They're not totally sold out for him. They think that there's more to the world, more, more to the world to enjoy. There's more, to, there's more in the world to enjoy. There's more things I can enjoy. But I don't want to be a Christian. I want to portray to the world that I'm a Christian, but also I'm, I'm, I'm not a Christian. They are not too sure of this Christian life. But I feel that they are operating in ignorance because the devil has positioned, has positioned this world as a world of glamour. We see celebrities and we want to imitate the celebrities. We see celebrities that are wearing, you know, Varagamos clothes or, or Versace clothes. Meanwhile, they forget that those things are rented. They are just, they are, they are, they are the, uh, what do they call it? They are, they are selling they are the uh, symbol of Versace. Versace will call them and say, can you display your my clothes while you're walking down the, the carpet? And they say, okay, how much? And some of them, they don't own the clothes. We're imitating people that have no morals. We're imitating these people that they don't have any morals at all. People who, who have also sold their soul to the devil. They have sold their hearts to the devil. And we are saying we want to imitate them. The glamour. People who are, search, who, who are in search of something. They themselves, these celebrities... These people that we, they, are, they are trying to imitate, that, we are, that the Christians are trying to imitate, these celebrities, they them too, they too, they are searching for something. That's why you see them, they use drugs. They, they use drugs, alcohol, because they are in search for a better life. Some of them don't want to be in that life. But because they have signed a contract, 
in blood. They sign a contract in blood. They have no choice. They can't go anywhere. These are the same people we are trying to imitate. People who have, who have issues and want a solution. They want a solution by all means. These are the same people that have issues. Those are the people that we Christians want to imitate. They are looking for a solution. Meanwhile, we have the solution. But we want to imitate those people. You know, it reminds me of this, this the story of the prodigal son. Remind me of the story of the prodigal son who in Luke 15 Luke 15 11 to 13 in TPT in the Passion He says Then Jesus said once there was a father with two sons the younger one the younger son came to his father and said Father don't you think it's time to give me the share of your estate that belongs to me. So the father went ahead and distributed among distributed among the two sons their inheritance. He says, shortly after, look at what the Bible says. Shortly after, the younger son packed all his belongings and traveled off to see who? The world. The same world. Think about it. He had comfort. He was in a place of comfort. <laughs> And now he does what? He says, I want to go and see the world. The, the, the Bible says, he journeys to a far off land where he soon wasted all he had been given in a bling, in a bling of extravagant and reckless living. This is a man that, I don't, you can't imagine how much the inheritance could be. He took his inheritance to the world, thinking he'll be better off. I call this world a mirage. You know, the Bible says it. You know, it, it, when I was reading Ecclesiastics, I was recently reading Ecclesiastics. It says, Solomon says that this world, the way God created this world, <laughs> he says, there's nothing new under the sun. This, the thing that you see now has happened before. That's what Ecclesiastes says. The thing you see now has happened before. And because you were not there before, that's the, the amazing thing for me. I would, he said, because you were not there before, you don't know what is happening now. But the way things of God is, is being recycled. It's being recycled. So if things are being recycled, if things are being recycled, and you, we Christians are looking into the world, that something that is being recycled is not even new. It's not even new. So you're not missing anything. But what do we do? We are gazing and with our mouths open like, Do you know, you know what is true deception? This is true deception that the devil has put forth too forward and we are not able to see it. We want to live in the, in the world where, where, you know, we, we don't know. We want to live in the world whereby, you know, well, we, we pretend that we are Christian. Or we pretend we're not a so we pretend we're not a Christian. But meanwhile, we're a Christian, but we want to portray to the world that you know what? No, I don't believe in this God. We are ashamed to be called Christians because of fear of attack. 
We're ashamed to be called a Christian because we're afraid for somebody. Somebody might attack us. So if, 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 if I say I'm a Christian, they might attack me. Somebody might say, hey, really? You're a Christian. So? You know, Jesus says, Jesus says that we, Jesus says we will be attacked. Look at what he says in, in Matthew 5.10. Matthew 5.10 says, Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of who? Of me. People will say evil about you. Because that's what, the, that's what the Bible says. As Jesus said it, it, will, it is going to definitely happen. Because Jesus said it's going to happen. Does it mean that we'll run away from it? Does it mean that we'll go back to the world that we once knew? That the Lord took us out from? Does it mean that we, we, will, we will run away from it or conveniently act as though we don't know who Christ is. Act as though you, you are not you're not part of these people. Do you know the, what the Bible says? The Bible says the true place of enjoyment is where? In the kingdom. You know why? Look at what Matthew um, 1 Timothy 6 7 says. 1 Timothy 6 7. It says, Teach those who are rich in the world. Look at what he says. This, this is, madam. Look at what he says. Teach those who are rich in the world not to be who proud, and not to trust in their money, which is so what unreliable. So unreliable. Stock market is high. Everybody's making money. Stock crashes. Everybody about to kill themselves. Is let me go and use hand sanitizer. No, you put your hand in your mouth. Go, don't use hand sanitizer. He says, their, their trust should be in God who richly gives us all we need for our what? enjoyment. Let me read this thing again. Let me read this thing again. He says, Teach those who are rich in the world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God who gives, who gives us all we need for our enjoyment. So God has given us everything for what? For our enjoyment. God has given us everything for our enjoyment. But you see, the thing is, when we don't understand that God has given us everything for our enjoyment, we start to look for enjoyment somewhere else that is not even enjoyment. It's not even enjoyment. We'll be going, we'll be, it's like you're scouting for enjoyment. Meanwhile, the thing is right there with you. You, you kind of, you kind of imagine it. You see, the reason why, it's for me, it's, and you know why we do this, why, why it happens like this, is because we have no understanding. Hosea, uh, Hosea 4.6 says, Hosea 4.6 says, My people are destroyed because they don't know me. Since your priest refused to know me, I refuse to recognize you. I refuse to recognize you as my priest. Since you have forgotten my laws of your God, I refuse to bless your children. What the Lord is saying is this. He says, you, you, that you don't know that I've given you everything. Think, think about it. It says, you know what the Bible says? God says, 
that since I did not spare my son, since I did not spare my son, what would I give you? Since I did not spare my son, can you imagine? God did not spare his son. He gave his, he gave his son to us. He says, if I, I did not spare my son, if through my son I gave you all these things, he says, what would I give you? What is it that you ask me that I won't give you? Then he says, I will give it to you. But at the same time, your eyes are roving around to see what, uh, what is out there to enjoy. Mommy, you know, you know, Solomon says it. He says, all is what? Complete vanity, meaningless. He says, all is complete, meaningless, and junk doesn't, doesn't make any sense. That's why you see that Romans, Romans 6, 1 to 2 says, Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can, how can we continue to live in it? You know, the reason why we continue to, we continue to think we can continue to sin and sin and sin and God will keep on showing us mercy and mercy and mercy. Is because we live in ignorance. You know, you you forget that you have a, everything, but you're looking for something. You forget. You know, somebody said to me one time. I was I was with some of some people I know, and the person says. You know, the person says something about, you know, I used to steal. It's not as if I didn't have money. I had money, but I just stole. But I don't understand why I did it. But you know, the, this funny thing is exactly what, when he said that, he kind of registered. Because the thing about it is, we have everything that pertains to life and godliness. But what happens? We're still looking outside. We're still looking outside. What's, what's, what's the the latest fashion. What's the latest thing? Have you asked your question? I want to just deviate for a minute. Have you asked yourself, women that wear, you know, my pastor would say, obonte, women that wear obonte, you know, or men that, that push their pants down, and, and you call yourself a Christian, can you think about, you go tell those, uh, Celebrities that show everything and tell them cover up. They look at you. Are you kidding me? But we are trying to imitate those people. We don't know what we have. We don't know the treasure that we have. We have a treasure in eating vessels. God has put a treasure in us. We don't know who we are in Christ. And that's why it's good for you to understand your identity. It's good for you to understand who you are. Luke, Luke 15, 7 says, when, you, when he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, the thing about it is, gotta be, there has to be a time where you finally come to your senses. I say, you know what? I've missed it. I, I can't do this anymore. I can't live the way I've been living. I can't be doing acting the way I've been acting. I need to I need to make a change. I need to make a 180 or 360, whatever. I need to come back to reality. I need to know that what I've been doing is wrong. You know, what I'm saying here is, you know, I'm telling you. Initially, I don't think everybody, there are some people that they don't know what they are doing. There are some people that they are afraid. And some people are just living in pure ignorance. 
because of fear of maybe backlash. Fear of, you know what, uh, I don't want anybody to, you know. But they forget that there's one thing the Lord said to me. He says, look at what, before I even go to that side. He says, the prodigal son realized who he was and he made a change. That's the key. He understood who he was and he made a change. He decided to what? Return home to his father. The key to, look at what the Lord said to me. He said, the key to having one leg in the world and having one leg in the kingdom of God is to know who you are. And the key, the other key is knowing who you are removes shame and what? Brings boldness. It brings boldness. It brings you into the place of being bold. The Bible says, you are, you are bold, you'll be bold as a what? As a lion. Whereby somebody says, man, there's something about you. You say that to them, yes, I'm a Christian. If somebody comes and says he's having problems, you can say, can I pray for you? Because there's boldness in you. You know, um, 2 Timothy 2.15 says, 2 Timothy 2.15, let me see what I've reached. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, work hard. So you, so God can say to you, well done. Be a good workman. Be a, eh? be a good workman. One who does not need to be what? Ashamed when God examines your work. Know what his word says and means. The key here is this. Is that the Bible says work hard. How do you work hard? You need to go into the world, examine who you are, know who you are, so that you will not be ashamed. You will not be ashamed when people call, and because you know we are the light of the world. We are the light of the world. People will come to you for help. People will come to you to ask. You know, I, I, I saw something I said I was going to show David, but I'll show him. David, I'll show you today. There's a, there's a video of this, this young boy. This boy, he can't be more than three or four. Maybe five tops. And they asked him to pray. In his class, they asked him to pray. And with his, with himself, with his small self, the boy says, Heavenly Father, and everybody will say, Heavenly Father. He said, Thank you, for, Father, for everything over here. Amen. He prayed and prayed and prayed. You'll be thinking to yourself, Are you kidding me? Three, the guy cannot pass five. He cannot be more than five. But you see, the, the thing about it is, the unique thing is that the guy has embraced it as small as he is. He has embraced the Lord and he, as small, as young as he is. He has embraced it. He has embraced the Lord. He doesn't care how people think about him. He doesn't care what is going on. He only is he, like, I'm living for Christ and Christ alone. And I kind of wonder like, wow, the three, this young boy like this, he has embraced God like this. We older people don't want to even embrace him at all. I'll show you later after this teaching. We should stop seeking those things of the world. We should stop seeking those things and remain what? Faithful to the course, to the end. So that you know why? You know why? You know why? So that God at the end, God can say, Oh, you good and faithful what? Servant. Servant. You have done well. You did well in this, in this. Now take what? These cities. Go and do this for me. And also, the key also is that so that God can be able to, he can know that I can rely on who? This person. God can send somebody your way and say, talk to this person, no problem. Because I have confidence in him. 
We need to also know this. That we need to also know this. If one leg is in the world and one leg is in the kingdom, we are not we're not taking the best of God. We don't have the best of God. That's why God is not gonna. I thought about I asked God, I said, you know, what is this thing that you're saying? God says, I'm not gonna leave you or forsake you. You're already in there. But the thing is, you're not totally sold out. You're not totally in me. I'm not going to leave you because you don't, you have your wish you worship. I'm not going to leave you. You know, yes, the revelation says you're like lukewarm. I'll spew, spew you out. But the Bible says, I'm not going to leave you. But the thing about it is, is you're not going to get the best of me. You're not going to get what I have that is best. Stop. It's okay. He says, we, we, will still, we will still wait for, he will still wait for you to come around. Because that's the merciful God. Think about it now. If your, if your child decides to go one kind, one kind, would you not say, you know what, it's not my, no more my child? No. No, you're not going to do that. You're not going to do that. You're going to do what? You'll be praying for the person and say, God, you need to change this uh, person. If a parent can do that, if a parent can do that, you think God will now, because you're, you're not fully committed, now you're going to now... Uh, he, he wants you to be fully committed. And he will chase you to the end so that you can be fully committed. And so the key here is, is that because we 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 don't when we don't get we're not getting the best of God, we need to be we, we need to make a decision to say I'm going to cross over. I don't care what's going to happen. I'm not going to be like Lot's Lot's wife that says Ah, what is going on? In the in, what's going on back there? Even though the angel of the Lord says, "Do not look uh, back," and then there's there's always something about that looking back. He says, "Whoever that puts his hand on the plow and looks back, he says, is not fit for the kingdom." So there's something about looking back. So the key is that. You and I need to be rooted and what? And grounded in the in the Lord. Rooted and grounded in the word. Rooted and grounded in the Lord. That's key. I'm going to read Colossians 2. I'm going to read Colossians 2, 2 to 10. Colossians 2, 2 to 10. Ah, let me see. I have 15. Less than 15 minutes. Let me see how I can rush this. Colossians 2, 2 to 10. He says what? I want you, I want them to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan, which is Christ himself. In him lie hidden all, look at what I'm saying. In him lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I'm telling you this so no one will deceive you with well-crafted arguments. That's what happens in the world. What, what I was just talking about is, is really hidden in this Colossians. But it's good to leave the best for the last. So look at what he then says. He says, first verse 5, he says, for though I am far away from you, my heart is still with you. And I rejoice, and I rejoice that you are living as you should, and that your faith in Christ is strong. Six. And now, just as you have accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him. And let's 
your lives be built up on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the, in the truth you were taught and you overflow with what? Thankfulness. He says what? He says, don't let anyone capture you with what? Empty philosophies and high-sounding high sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking. Let me read that thing again. It says, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you, so, so you also are complete. Look at what I was just talking about. Complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. The key is this. Sorry, David. The key is that the philosophies, the way things are, the way things are in this world, is the Bible calls it what nonsense. You can see the spiritual powers. So it means there are also spiritual powers in this world too. That are drawing you. Say come out of. There's nothing. And that's why Christians. In this day and age. Christians need to. To allow the Holy Spirit. So that they can be sensitive in the spirit. So they can be sensitive. in Because sensitivity in the spirit is key. They don't know that there's a lot of things that is going on that beats the eye in this in this world. We think we know it. We walk with our emotions. We walk so much with. I think you know the funny thing. I'm saying this. You know, you might think, oh, what am I talking about? I'm one leg in, one leg out. Christians walk in an emotion. We walk too much on emotion, and the Bible says, "Do not walk what, but walk by faith and not by what sight." If you say walk, walk with the Holy Spirit, how many Christians walk with the Holy Spirit? Or do they walk by emotion? Or I need to feel God. The only way I can feel God is if I have goosebumps. The key is God is expecting us to what? Do what? Walk in the Spirit 24-7. Before you make a decision, you go to God. The footsteps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. They're not ordered by the money. Oh, I'm going to give you 20%. Leave your job. Leave your job. I'll give you 20% when you move. And you'll be like, oh, yeah, that's good. Let me move. You move. Three months later, they fire you. You'll be like, oh, God, why didn't you allow me to? You didn't consult God. Why is it God now? When things didn't work out, then you resort to God. But when things worked out, you'd be like, yes, I did it. I did it. With my power. But we don't go to God in those kind of critical things. Election is coming now. Do we go to God? Seeking God. Say, God, who you want in this country to rule this country? Or do we go with emotion and one person is not good, another person is good, you know, eh, I don't like this person. I don't like this person. Or do we go on our knees and say, God, you are the God of this world. You have given me the keys to the kingdom. Who is the person that you've, you've chosen that is correct for this country? Let me vote for them. Let me tell you something. I am saying this when I say you're one leg in, one leg out. This, I'm telling you what it is. Towards the end, I'm just telling you what it is. What it means one leg in, one leg out. Is the way we, the way we act, the way, we, the way we, our actions, our actions depicting exactly what Jesus did on this earth. Are we walking in emotion? Every wind, everywhere the wind blows, I blow. Nobody knows. The trouble I mean, anywhere I go, if they say, ah, there's a there's a voodoo person, there's a voodoo person over there, 
If you go to him, he will give you all the riches. You see, you see yourself, Christian, you go there. Christian, you go there, you say, you know, you know, God, you know, we always use this. God helps those who help themselves. I had to help myself so that God can help me. Where did you, where is it in the Bible? You know, I've heard that scene so many times in Nigeria. I thought it was in the Bible. Until I said to look, there's nothing like that in the Bible. Why would God, why does God need your help to do what he has proposed in, in for your life? He doesn't need your help. If, if, if that statement was true, then Abraham could have just taken Ishmael and called it a day. But God said, no, 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 no. Ishmael is not yours. He's not the chosen one. The chosen one is Isaac. Because you helped me. Ishmael is because you helped me. I didn't need your help. So the thing, my point is that we need, to, we need to think about this. We need to think about our life. We need to take stock. We need to take stock of our life. And say, where am I going today? What's my life? What does my life look like? What have I been doing? Am I, am I doing right or am I doing wrong? And if you believe that you're not going down the path that God has assigned you to go, it's time for you to, to think about it and pray about it and ask God, help me. I've been going with my emotions too much. I've not been talking to you. I've not been allowing the Holy Spirit to, to work in my life. I've been, I've been allowing myself to ride, to move. He's giving you the book of wisdom. Okay, have you read it? No. No, God, help me to read this book of wisdom so I can be wise too. All these things is something for your own betterment. It's for you to be better in life. It's for us to be better moving forward. It's for us to be, for things to, for our lives to change. Because the key here is you don't want to spend all these years. You know, I, I say, I, I think about it. You know, Jesus spent very little years on earth. But he did such marvelous things. Enoch, God took him. There are people that didn't have to... Look, there's no point spending 100 years on earth and you didn't do anything substantial for the Lord. But when you, you did five things, you spent five years, and you, 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 you really live for God, you did... And you, you'll be happy, say like this, at least I, this is the legacy I left. I left some legacy for my, my children. something that we need to think about. We need to think about it and say, God, I need your help. I'm going to give you some minutes. Think about it. God, I need your help. You know, I need your help. I've deviated. I've digressed. I've, I've been so particular about things of the world. They were so materialistic. Also, you know, looking at things, you know, I've not been sensitive to your to your spirit to the Holy Spirit. I've ignored warnings. I've ignored things. I've not been reading your 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 word, the Bible, and even if when I read it, and I'm not even a doer of the word. I don't. I read it. I say okay, at least I read it, so you don't call upon me. But I don't act on your word. That's what it means to be a Christian. To act on your word. This is this is critical time. The critic the, the criticality of the time is is so is so immediate. Look, 
Nobody knows what's going to happen tomorrow. Tomorrow could be a time to go to heaven. At least you know today, God, at least I, I repented. I repented so that if, if I got to go, at least I repented so I can go. But the other key is that so that you can live for Christ now. So you can live for Jesus. So you can live for him, only him. Only him. I don't want my leg to be in the world and out of the... I want to live for him alone. That's key. That's the most important thing. I'm tired of the way I've been panobulating this world in search of nothing. As you say. In search of nothing and what have, what have I really gained? What have I gained? Instead, I, I derailed a lot of people along the road. Because people were watching you, thinking you were a Christian. But meanwhile, you were derailing them. And what did Jesus say? He says it's better that they put a, mile, a block or millstone and throw you, whereby you forget about it. Something that we need to really think about. It's, it's important. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just we, we, we commit ourselves into your hands, Lord. Now, Lord, you, you help us to really think about these things, that to help us to know whether we are, you know, examine ourselves, take stock, whether we are we are living for you or where we're living for the world. You know, we could say practically, are we are we are we submitted to you? Are we are we working for you? Are, are we are we in your word, are we, you know, are we calling upon you? Are we praying? Are we, are we seeking your face? Are we, you know, walking by faith? Are we a doer of the word? Do we believe your word? Those are the things that you're saying, you know, help us so that if our leg is still in the world, help us to courageously, Take our leg from the world and come fully and be immersed in you. Immersed in you because that's where our future lies. That's where hope is. That's where everything, it says everything, you've given us everything to our enjoyment. That's where everything is. Everything we need is in you, in you. In, in Everything is in, in the kingdom. Whereby we lack nothing. And that's where, where our joy will be full. Help us to recognize this. Help us so that we know that this is, this is critical. Because, you know, this is a critical stage of our lives. Look at how coronavirus taking people. Yes, we're alive. But Lord, we, you, ask, you want people that will live for you to direct others. Because Lord, the harvest is plenty. There are a lot of people that are coming back to you in droves. A lot of people are seeking answers. And we are one of the people that will give them the answers and point them back to Jesus. Help us to be rooted and grounded. Help us to come to know you more. Help us so that we don't de be derailed. Help us so that we don't, we don't look at the glamours of this world and think it's, it's so wonderful. It's like a mirage. You know, it, it looks very colorful, but behind is deceit. Behind is, is, this, is, is turmoil. Behind is calamity. Behind is chaos. You know, the enemy, enemy is just, he makes it so beautiful, but he says everything is just all junk. Help us to be sold out for you. Just like how Paul was sold out for you. He says, I count everything as dunk compared to the knowledge of you to come to know who you are. Help me, help us all so that Lord will be, will, will, will surrender to you and to you alone because that's where our hope is. That's where everything is. 
So, Father, Lord, we, we give you glory. We give you praise. Lord, I pray for people that are listening. Maybe they don't know you. Father, Lord, we pray that they will come to know you. They'll come to surrender to you. Saying, because it's only you. You are the solution. And we have the solution. You and the solution is Christ. Jesus. Father, Lord, we pray that you, you touch us. And you touch all the new people, the people that just came to that 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 just came to know you, touch us all, so that Lord will keep on waxing strong, keep on going forward, not looking back, not looking back, look looking into the world and says, you know, I'm missing, we're not missing anything. Help us to keep keep going, no matter what, no matter how difficult it might be, no matter how much, you know. Things are tough, no matter what it is. But keep on moving and moving and moving, because that's what you want us to do. So that at the end, at the end, when we're in front of you, you will say, <laughs> "Good and faithful servant, you did all you can. You walked in my name. You did not grieve the Holy Spirit." Father Lord, we give you glory. Thank you, awesome God. Amen. We give you praise and glory. Thank you. We bless your name. Amen. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.